This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. On used product. Make sure you get online, check it out. Tony, next guest. All right, we've got a big event coming up this week. Two big events, actually. We've got the Davenport vintage half mile race and then also springfield of course the mile where we heading over there saturday and sunday but two fellas that are going to be also at both those events is charlie roberts and chris hawkins and they are with the uh rookie well the class of 79 we're calling it and they run the bull tacos and the astros and we we uh we welcome charlie and we welcome chris hawkins back he was on last week and we welcome charlie roberts so hi guys how are you hi guys we Doing need, great. Glad, glad to be part of this. Yeah, we're going to need both of you to talk at the same time. <laughs> so if we can. So let's start with uh, Charlie, because Chris, your old hat, we've had you on. Uh, <laughs> old news is old news. Charlie, yeah. so the, the the I want to talk specifically about this class that we've got that we're racing this uh, this weekend. It's new for me. It's the Astro, new for Davenport, the Astro class. Tell us what it is, though. If Astro, just saying Astro doesn't tell me anything. So describe what the Astro uh, class uh, is. How about we flip it up? How about I talk about Astros and Charlie talks about the charity? 10-4. Does that, work? Does that work for you guys? Sounds good to me. Okay. So... Uh, a quick little history of the Astro. It's probably the most iconic sportsman bike to ever come out of a factory. Um, you could buy the bike on Saturday morning and literally be racing it on Saturday night. Where it kind of came from is uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike Kidd who was riding for Pioneer Equipment Company out of Tennessee and basically went and dominated the Astrodome. And Juan Bulto was there, and they basically boxed up his bike and sent it to Spain and copied it. Now, it was a, for the most part, a champion frame with a Bultaco power plant in it. One of the unique things about these bikes, when they first came out, the first 10 of them, uh, Mike had a bent left side foot peg, and the first 10 that came out had bent left side foot pegs. It wasn't a design feature. It was just something that Juan Bolto said, I want to match exactly. <laughs> and that's where the bike, that's where it came from. I'm fortunate enough to have one of those. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I kind of tucked that away. I came across the number one bike years ago. Chris Carr doesn't have to ride that bike, does he? No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> that, bike, that bike actually sits in uh, St. Louis. Art Randall owns that number one bike now. Oh, wow. Um, that's, uh, they, they made them through the seventies, as we all know that, uh, um, when Spain, when Spain lost their dictatorship, when Franco went out of power, Bultaco basically ended up going out of business. And I think these bikes laid dormant for decades. And then there was a group of us that just kind of started building them back and started racing them. And, you know, we're, they're iconic. Chris, Chris, can you tell us why Franco going out of power would would uh, would close down a motorcycle company? Well, uh, Spain Spain was a dictatorship, mm -hmm. and they dictated your trade practices. So, 
when when um, Bader was their suspension supplier, and the way he had set it up is you have one suspension supplier, and that's it. Well, Bader went out on strike, and Bultaco sat there with bikes with no suspension on them okay. and without the option of being able to change manufacturers or sub-manufacturers for their suspension. I see. So they ultimately went out of business. And I will say the Japanese had caught on and um, had really begun to surpass them in technology. That was about the time the reed valve came out on these bikes, monoshock came out, and Bulltacos are not real sophisticated bikes. They look cool and they ride fantastic, but they were built on a dirt floor in Barcelona. Did, did, did the monoshock change the not just the look, but the performance of motorcycles as we know today? Your yeah, estimation? Yeah, it changed the geometry of it all. I mean, the way you're able to deliver power to the race to the uh, uh, back tire is completely different. And you don't ride you look a. At, Look at all of them now. They all run single shot. Yeah, of course. And you don't ride the same, you know, you don't ride a bike that way either. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously the travel and everything. Um, but I don't want to run out of too much time. I want to talk. to take these guys to the top of the hour. You okay, get all the time that you need. Okay, great. Uh, I'd like to welcome Charlie to the conversation and talk about class of 79 and how that fits in with what Chris is doing this weekend. And I know, Charlie, you have a bike too that you're bringing up. So, uh, or over, um, It'll be. Uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And something, I, I, how the charity came to be in 1979. Myself, Scott Parker, who went on to be nine-time Grand National Champion, was Chris Carr's uh, factory teammate. Wayne Rainey, who went on to be three-time World Champion. Ronnie Jones, who is also an AMA Hall of Famer and the oldest uh, professional flat tracker. Wow to make a main event, and he's made a main event now in five decades. Um, so we were all rookie experts, and at that time, in 1979, being a rookie expert in professional motorcycle racing was the equivalent of being a, an NFL rookie and coming on the draft or, a, or an NBA rookie. And American Motorcyclist, um, there were like three different magazines that did articles on us, and it was called The Rookies. And... Uh, we were one of the most highly anticipated rookie classes to come along in the sport. And from the results that I told you of Scotty and Ronnie and, and Wayne, we lived up to that expectation. Well, in 2009, Kenny Roberts rode the same TZ750 on the Indy Mile. He won it in 1975, and it was one of the greatest moments in flat track racing history ever. And so in 2009, Kenny got back on the TZ750 at Indianapolis and rode the mile. And that night, the people that wrote the original article on the rookies, um, they did a new article called The Rookies, Where Are They Now? There it is. And it had been, it had been 30 years later. Mm. Well, we all came together at Indy, um, and they interviewed us all, and we got together and played a game of golf. Imagine that nine-time national champion Scott Parker won the game of golf. Some money, tra some money traded hands, um, and he threw the money in the center of the table, and he said, let's do something. Well, we had all been affected greatly by motorcycle racing, and we all loved it. We'd remain friends. So we formed the Rookie Class of 79 uh, charity for injured riders. We are now, this is our 10th year. Wow. 2019, 10 years, $2.1 million in benevolence Oof. to injured riders in our sport. 
And part of the part of these earnings have come from um, when I met Chris and I got an opportunity to ride a Boltaco motorcycle. I raced Yamahas as a kid because my dad was a Yamaha dealer. So I raced Yamaha motorcycles. I wasn't very impressed with Boltacos because I always won on my Yamaha. Well, I was asked to ride one, and I, you know, I'm like, do I really want to do this? And I hadn't been on a motorcycle in 25 years. Well, I got on it in the first Astro, um, what they called Astro Cup. I think I got six. Um, but it felt really good, and we were riding with Chris Carr and Joe Kopp and, you know, some of the top guys um, that had come along after our generation. And I was like, damn, I'm still pretty competitive. Well, <laughs> the sixth the six turned into a fourth, then a second, and I've won the Astro Cup the last three years. Wow. Well, between, between Chris, Paul Covert, and myself, we come up with the idea, actually Chris and Paul, said, hey, let's do something for this charity because the charity was growing. We were making difference in people's lives. There was a lot of interest in the Boltaco, so we came up with what was called the Rookies of 79 Astro Invitational, where our goal was to pit former national number flat trackers, again, Chris Cars, Joe Copps, you know, Lance Jones, Kenny McDonald, stars from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and put these guys on these iconic vintage motorcycles and kind of like a race of champions. Because when we come to the racetrack, last year at Springfield, we had 28 Astros. They all look very similar. So it's kind of like walking through, I don't know if you remember the IROC series where they run the Camaros, where oh, yeah. Dale Earnhardt and Mark. So, so the fans come down and they look, and they're looking at Chris Carr and Steve Moorhead and Joe Kopp and all these stars of the past of our sport. And they're all on these beautiful vintage motorcycles that all look pretty close, and it has really taken off. Um, people like it, and they like to watch it. Now, one other thing that I wanted to add, when you guys were talking about the Astro, something that I'm very, very proud of at this point, at Atlanta, Georgia in March, Davey Durrell and myself's lap times were within two-tenths of a second of the factory single riders, which are water-cooled 2019 KTMs and Yamaha monoshockers. Oh. And Davey Durrell, who is 54, I don't know, and I'm 58. 58. And our lap times are two-tenths of a second off of 18-year-old factory riders, and we're on 45-year-old air-cooled 360cc two-stroke. So as as antiquated as they are, they're also very relevant and still very what the deal was is it was like it was kind of like the perfect storm when they created the Astro it was so far ahead of its time mm -hmm. so it is still they still use the basic geometry as far as the pivot point and the steering head angle from the Astro to set up current race motorcycles so it, it's still pretty amazing for you know for a 45 year old bike but All right. Guys, we're, we're going to run up against the clock if we don't get to it. There is the element okay. of raising funds for the charity. How do we do that? I know Springfield plays a big part of this because you're going to be auctioning off uh, uh, the number plates, right? Yes, sir. And we had actually talked about possibly doing that at Davenport if the fans were into it. And we, we, we get all the riders to sign them after the event. Um, and if there's enough fans there that have the interest, we'll do it right there. 
at Davenport. But, uh, I love it. Um, and uh, like I said, there's going to be we a heck of a good helmet as well. Sorry to interrupt. We always try and pass the helmet in the stands as well for the uh, uh, class of '79, as well as Charlie will talk to you about them. Hey, we'll do. We'll do whatever you guys want us to do. I mean, is it a stinky helmet? Well, it's a fairly new helmet. <laughs> Because we don't want no stinky helmet, and I'm not passing nothing if it's stinky. <laughs> so you know, my helmets stink bad. Yeah, but so I'm you're the, not using I'm one the of mine. Primary announcer, so by God, it's my decision. You can sit in the motor okay. home. Yeah. Scott has just established himself as the primary announcer. Yeah, well, it's been that way since the beginning, <laughs> and he well, is. <laughs> well, we we certainly appreciate the opportunity to come ride at your event. Um, I raced in Davenport in the '70s and '80s, and and had some pretty good success there. I'm certainly looking forward to getting back on the Davenport dirt. And uh, I don't want to uh, make too much of a prediction, but like I said, I'm not coming to get second place. I'm coming to, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to race up front. That's what so. I'm talking about. It's awesome. Charlie, it's always uh, good to hear from you. God bless you. Appreciate the effort. And give us that total number again for the charity, what you guys have raised so far. Raised so far. $2.1 million in 10 years. And just real quick, people can go to rookie79.com. There's three or four different riders that we're currently raising money on that are injured. Um, they can make several different types of donations and look at the memorabilia. And then at Springfield this weekend, we're having a charity extravaganza at the Ore Building on Saturday night okay. where we've got hundreds of pieces of merchandise and a live auction going on. So make sure, that helps also. Make sure you bring me an info sheet on that so we can promote it several times throughout the uh, the event, okay? Will do. God bless you. Chris, Thanks, guys. thank you. Up against the clock, guys. Charlie Roberts, Chris Hawkins. We'll talk to you this coming Friday in Davenport, Iowa. How about that? Okay. Stay tuned, fans. We'll be back. Hour number two of the big programs coming up next. Jack is pushing us. We're saying, hey, let's continue after the top of the hour. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report. Your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week, we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus, get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller, along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.